seated, if you put it right there, and uh, we're going to look at some of chapter 5 and some of chapter 6. I want you to mark your Bibles there, and now I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, as Paul tells the church, uh, basically what Christ has uh, 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 what Christ has told Joshua in Joshua chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I want to give you a very pastoral message this morning. In fact, I want to give you a counseling session or what I would teach uh, an individual that would come to me with a stronghold in their life, something uh, that is preventing them from enjoying all of God's goodness and all of God's blessings. And uh, I'm going to just go through what I would teach or what I would say to someone uh, that is saying, Preacher, I, I've got this issue, I've got this problem, I've got this sin, whatever it is, and I have to overcome this in order to have victory uh, in my life. And I'm just going to go step uh, by step uh, through that uh, for the next uh, few minutes. And uh, then uh, I want us to read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3, For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not a pistol, they're not a sword, they're not a fist, uh, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he says this, casting down imaginations. I don't have time to go into the detail of all of that, uh, but many of our problems are magnified by imagination. The problem is not as big as it appears to be. It's like a cavity. Your tongue says it, 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 it's, it's uh, three feet in diameter and you can't see it when you look at it in the mirror. It's magnified. He said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now take your Bibles and go back to Joshua chapter 5 and Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to pray and then give you the message this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that I can be of help to several folks today. Uh, many folks, uh, Lord, help us uh, to all uh, listen. And Lord, as I speak and uh, on the terms of uh, to an individual in a counseling type session, I pray that you'd help me that I would uh, not rely on my own strength, my own ability, uh, but Lord, your precious Holy Spirit would be evident uh, Lord, not just in the hearing and the understanding, but in the application of the truth this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The children of Israel, and I rehearse this so often because the Bible does, the children of Israel were slaves in the land of bondage. God delivered them from the land of Egypt. But they weren't home, free, clear, victory, no other problems. Uh, they faced one problem after another, but they had victory one after another as they trusted in God. You know, they came uh, to the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. Uh, they crossed the wilderness. They come to the Jordan River. God parts the Jordan River. They come into the land of Canaan. So often we think, wow, I'm here now. I'm in the place of victory. I'm saved. I'm a member of the church. I'm faithful to the church. I have victory. I'm glad all those problems are over. Uh, they're not over. Uh, they are not. We have, uh, we have battles to fight and opportunity for victory until the day that we go home to glory. The first battle that they faced, the first city inside the land of Canaan, was the city of Jericho. The city of Jericho. And that city re represents a stronghold in our life that would keep us from enjoying all the Christian life, or for them, all of the land of Canaan. 
Now Jericho was a, uh, was a very strong city. It was a fortified city. It had two walls around it. So if an enemy came to attack them, they would just close the gates of the city and you couldn't get into the people and eventually the folks outside, they would run out of food and water and they would have to leave and come back at another time. That's how they protected their city. That's why Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem to protect it. So Jericho is a protected city. I did some research to see exactly what it was and, and that without the equipment and all that we have today, think about this, the outer wall was about six feet thick and it was about 20 feet high. So that's, that's pretty high. It'd be hard to climb a, a brick or a rock wall uh, 20 feet high and six feet wide. And then there was another wall inside that. Between the two walls were 15 feet. It was 15 feet and there were guards uh, that would walk around the city and then on the interior between the two walls and the interior wall was not 6 feet wide, it was 12 feet wide. It was not 20 feet tall, it was 30 feet tall. So if you looked at the city, you saw a wall around the city. Then inside that, you saw another wall around the city. Now the children of Israel, they had to take the city of Jericho for them to enjoy the land of Canaan. Don't miss that. They had to take the city of Jericho in order for them, in order for them to take the land of Canaan. Now Jericho represents a stronghold in our life that we simply cannot get through. Uh, we, ju we simply cannot. We have to have help. If God doesn't help us, we're going to stay between Jericho and the Jordan River and never enjoy uh, the Christian life. Now, the stronghold in our lives could be many different things. It could be a besetting sin. Uh, it could be a root of bitterness. Uh, you're mad at someone and there's just a bitterness. Uh, there's an anger and you're just having a hard time uh, getting past that to bitterness. Uh, maybe it's the inability or uh, not yet made the decision to forgive someone that has wronged you. And maybe they did it on purpose and the worst case scenario, but our lack of forgiveness will keep us from enjoying the blessings of the Christian life. I can't go through life mad at anyone. I just can't do it. I, 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 can't, I can't enjoy life filled with bitterness and anger. It may be something in your past that you just can't turn loose of. Uh, something that's happened to you in the past. Maybe you were uh, treated wrongly and maybe it, it could be any number of things. Uh, maybe it's a stronghold in your life uh, uh, that you cannot get past a habit and that habit is just an anchor to keep you from moving forward and before you can get to all that God wants you to have, you have to get past that stronghold. So in our session today, I want to give you three words. I want to give you three words. By the way, uh, my counseling is $120 an hour, so you want to make note of that. And I'm counseling, I'm just kidding about that. Uh, there are folks think that's true, and that's not true at all. Uh, there are three words I want to give you this morning, and they may, they may appear simple on the, in the front, but I want us to see them. We'll spend a lot of time uh, on the first one. First of all, if I'm going to get through this stronghold, if I'm going to overcome this stronghold, first of all, there must be a confrontation. A confrontation. Now you may think immediately, well sure you have to face your problem. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about facing the problem. You say, well Joshua, he is leading the children of Israel. Uh, Joshua is the good guy and Jericho represents the bad guy and he has to confront the problem. 
that's not the first confrontation you have to have. Though many people think that's what I have to do. I have to overcome this problem. Let's look at the word of God and see what the Bible says. Look at verse number 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. Now, now he's by this wall on the outside. He's by Jericho. The Bible says, and he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. Uh, Brother Young, I want you to be this guy, and so we got to get you a sword right here, and uh, you you hold that. That's just a knife. This is a sword, and Brother Young, you stand over here. That's that's heavy. That's real heavy. Come over here, yeah. Uh, Derek Young, Derek Young, yeah, yeah. You look a lot meaner than he does, and um, in fact, you look like you was going to sleep ahead of him, so I chose you. All right, so Joshua sees this man with a sword drawn. I want you to look and see what what, what it says here. And Joshua went unto him. Now, Joshua's a brave fellow. He didn't run from him. He sees a fellow with a sword drawn. He's at Jericho. He's at the enemy territory. He sees a sword drawn. I would have run to the other side of Jericho. But he didn't. He's a leader. He's a tough man. He's a leader. And so the Bible says that he went to him and said unto him, and I want you to notice the question, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Uh, Brother Joel, I'll let you be Jericho. You stand over here, and you represent the stronghold. You stand right here, and uh, I'm going to be Joshua. And I'm the brave fellow that I've got to lead my people to overcome Jericho. Well, uh, we're outside the stronghold. We're outside this walled city. We're trying to figure out how we're going to take the city. While he's there, and no doubt praying and, and spending time trying to figure out how he's going to get in the city, a man comes, he's got this sword, and it's drawn. It's not in his sheath, it's drawn. So he's ready for action. Uh, Joshua doesn't run from him. He goes right up to him. He said, hey, bud, whose side are you on? Now, that's how we approach God with all of our problems. But I want you to see something very important. It's worth you coming to church for this morning. Joshua asked the question, are you on my side or are you on the enemy's side? And that's how we have life figured. It's us against the world. It's us against the devil. It's us against our stronghold. And Joshua asked the question that all of us asked, whose side are you on? And he answered, no. What do you mean, no? Let's look at it. Verse 14, and he said, nay. That doesn't answer my question. Are you on my side? Are you going to help me? Or are you on Jericho's side? Are you going to help Jericho? Because I have to defeat Jericho. Now here's something very important in understanding in the confrontation part. Here's what he said, nay. But I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. I'm the one you're supposed to be on my team. So many times in the Christian life, we want to defeat the enemy and we want God to help us. That's not the way it works. God doesn't help me. I get on God's side. They said to Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War, do you think God is on our side? And uh, Lincoln said, I want to be on God's side. So the confrontation here, is that sword heavy? You all right? It's getting there where you're God, you can do it. Uh, it says right here, you are. 
And he said, Nay, but as a captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. Now notice this. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto me? So what he does, he falls on his face. He gets on his knees before him. Now you understand, a man with a sword drawn and then a fellow before him, he is He's yielding himself. He's humbling himself. The fellow with the sword can easily take off my head. If, I, if, 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 I'm, a, if I'm going to fight this fellow, this is the last place I'm going to be. But I want him to know I'm going to yield. I'm on his side. I'm not trying to get God to help me solve my problems. I'm trying to accomplish God's will for my life. If it's not God's will to defeat Jericho, we're not going to defeat it. I'm not going to defeat it alone. I don't need to waste my time trying to convince God to come on my side. I need to yield myself to God because if God doesn't win the victory, we're not going to win the victory. Jericho is too big. Jericho is too strong. Jericho is a stronghold. So we have a confrontation, first of all, with the person of God. Second of all, with the position of God. He's not on the team. He's the captain of the team. I have to recognize not only who he is, but I have to recognize his position. He is to be the Lord of my life. He's to be the master of my life. Many Christians are frustrated at God because God won't help them overcome their bitterness. God won't help them overcome their problem. God is seen as, I want you to defeat them so I can have the victory. And God said, I want you to recognize who I am. I want you to recognize my position. You don't need me on your team. You need to be on my side because my side is a winning side. Then he had to recognize the power of God. He had to recognize the power of God. Thank you. Put your sword down. You can sit down, Jericho. And I, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice this. He had to recognize the power of God. When God said, are you for us or for them? He said, no. He said, I am the captain of the winning team. There's not two teams here. There's three. We need to dissolve your team. And your team needs to, needs to join my team. Now, I want you to think about how this applies to the Bible. Now, I don't have a lot of time here. But you remember Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream, and he called for the wise men to come and interpret the dream. And they said, okay, king, what is the dream? He said, well, that's a problem. I forgot the dream. So not only do they have to interpret the dream, they have to tell him what the dream was, and they said, we can't do it. Then they said, there's a man uh, that's in prison, Daniel, and they brought Daniel out, and you know the story. But Daniel said, I can't interpret the dream. So you know what Daniel did? He went to God, who is the victor. He went to God, and every time a person wins in the Bible, they don't win because they get God to join their team. They go find out what God's will is. Can I tell you, life is not about what I want to do. It's not about my will. Life is about God's will and God doing His will in and through my life. I don't understand everything that God does. I, I don't always agree because I don't understand, but I've learned this. As I yield to Him, as I yield to Him, I always have victory in life, not because I'm the victor, but because He is and I've joined His team. So there has to be a confrontation. Then He says this, Joshua, take off your shoe. That's interesting. Uh, when, he's, when He met Moses at the burning bush, He said, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. But here, he said, take off your shoes. 
That was a custom uh, of that day. In fact, you find the uh, event happened in the book of Ruth as well. And what he was saying is, are you willing to express your surrender by taking off your shoe? And it's interesting when you study shoes in the Bible, and especially a, sh- a, a, a soldier's shoe. That's hard to say, soldier's shoe. See if you can say it. You can't, even, you can't imagine saying it, soldier's shoe. And uh, uh, in Ephesians 6, they had little knobs on them like cleats we use today. Well, if he didn't have the proper shoe, there's no way he could win. He said, Joshua, I want you to take off your shoe. You talk about disabled. I mean, that's like having one wheel spinning and the others don't work. He said, take off your shoe. And what he was doing, he was showing a sign of surrender to God. Let me ask you a question. What are we willing to give up to be on God's side? There has to be a confrontation. There has to be. We have to see God in our life. Uh, Joshua agrees to what God says to do. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes the word of God doesn't make sense. But it's all a matter of yielding to God. Uh, We come to James chapter 5. Is any of you sick? Uh, uh, Let him call for the elders of the church and them anoint him with oil. Now, can oil heal anyone? No. Can a preacher heal someone with oil? No. Well, why in the world do you do something like that? Because it's a sign of our yielding to God. When we give our tithe and offering, God doesn't need what we have. What we have all came from him to begin with. And he can take back any or all of it at any time he wants to. But God gives us an opportunity to yield. And throughout the word of God, if you're going to overcome the strongholds in life, we have to decide, I'm going to do exactly what God says to do. Now, second of all, we have to have confidence in what he says to do. And that's chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. First of all, we have to have a confrontation. That confrontation is not with the enemy. That confrontation is with God. And I have to find out, I'm not going to convince God to be on my side. I'm going to surrender myself to be on God's side. So God tells him what to do. Let's see what happens. Chapter 6. Are you with me this morning? All right. Verse number 2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. This interesting statement, because he couldn't see that God had given him the city. He hasn't even found out yet what they're going to do. What was he saying? See, he was saying, do you have faith in me that we're going to take this city? Do you have faith in God that you can have the victory? We have to have faith. It's not a matter of turning over a new leaf and trying something new. We've, t- uh, we've turned over a new leaf till the stem's worn out. I don't need to turn over a new leaf. I need to trust in God for a new life. So faith, he said, do you see it? He says that in verse number 2, now verse 3. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up 
every man straight before him. Now, to, to be honest, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense when it comes to a military scheme or effort. Uh, this past week in our military, our uh, 4th of July celebration, we heard as a young man that gave an Eisenhower speech. He memorized and gave an Eisenhower speech, a mastermind of uh, June 6th and, uh, uh, and our soldiers going on the beaches of Normandy. Now, what he did made a lot of sense. What God just told Joshua doesn't make a lot of sense. You know why the average Christian in America that doesn't have victory, you know why they don't have victory? Because what God says to do doesn't make sense to them and they think they're smarter than God. And we're not. It's all a matter of faith in God. Here's what he said. You walk around that city every day. You don't need a sword. You don't need a weapon. Just walk around it every day for six days. All of these numbers are interesting, and I don't have time to go into all of the detail, but, but he had to have confidence. First of all, he had to have confidence in God's promise. He said it right there in verse number 2. See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. I couldn't see anything but a wall. I can't see anything but a stronghold at this point. All I see is a wall. But he asked Joshua, do you see it? I want to say this morning, you have to by faith understand that Christ died, that we could live in victory. He can overcome the strongholds in our life. He can overcome the bitterness and the anger and the past and the hurts and, and, the, and the disappointments. He can. He said to Joshua, do you see it? You have to see it, the psalmist said. I would, have, I would have fainted. He said, I would have quit. I've been overwhelmed unless I believe to see. He said, I didn't see, but I believe to see. And that's what God's telling Joshua here. You have to believe in the promise. Second of all, we have to believe in God's plan. Confidence in God's plan. Seven priests bearing seven trumpets were to walk before the ark of the covenant. Now, it's not Moses' ark. I'm sorry, Noah's ark. This is the one that Moses built for God, the Ark of the Covenant. Not near as big as the one Noah built. That's supposed to be funny. And when you finish laughing, I'll go on to the next point. It says right here in my notes, pause while the audience laughs. I'm just kidding. It took seven priests. What did that represent? Well, a priest is a picture of an advocate. An advocate is somebody that represents you, that can speak better than you, that knows the law better than you, that knows what's right better than you. And those seven priests went on before them. The Bible tells me in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1 that you and I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he goes before me. Not only does he go, be, go before me, he is my re reward. He goes before me. He goes behind me. I must have Confidence in not only his promises, I must have confidence in his plan. Those who say to those of us that go to church every service and go every week, they say, that doesn't make any sense to me. doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be what God says to do. Confidence in the plan of God. Confidence in what God said to do. Confidence in the promise. Confidence in the plan. And then third of all, you'll find in verse number 5, confidence in the power of God. I want to ask you a question this morning. You don't have to answer out loud. Do you believe God can help you overcome that stronghold? Do you believe he can? 
Do you believe he can? Do you believe God is able to overcome Jericho? Do you believe that God is able to break down these stone walls that up to this point nobody has ever been able to penetrate? And Jericho has been the first and strong city uh, to protect uh, the land of Canaan. No one's ever broken it down before. But do you believe God can? And I want to tell you this morning the things that you face in life, whether it's a sinful habit, whether it is a, a continual mistake or a besetting sin God can, God can we must believe in the power of God if God can save you God can give you victory in life I look back and I see how many times God has delivered by his power and by his might. I see the strength of the sun and I say, God can. I see the faithfulness of days in and days out and how God waters the earth and gives us what we need. I serve a God that can. I must have confidence in the power of the Almighty God. But then number three, it involves a conquest. I can't just have faith and confidence. I have to do it. I'll not read all of the verses, but you'll find that they're determined. In verses 6 through 15, they're determined. They might have been tempted to fight. They may have been tempted to take swords. They didn't need them to take a sword. He, he needed them to be determined in the will of God and just keep doing what God said to do. I'll guarantee you that there was somebody on the third day or fourth day that said, this makes absolutely no sense. And everybody could have said amen. It, didn't, it doesn't have to make sense. We just have to do what God says to do. Don't listen to those that are negative. Don't listen to those that murmur and those that complain. Don't listen to those that say it don't work. Listen to those that are living in victory in the land of Canaan that says keep doing right. It does work. We must be determined in the will of God. Conquest involved determination. Verses 16 through 20, it involved dedication. After six days, nothing happened. It was not on the sixth day that they had victory. It was on the seventh time of the seventh day that they had victory. May I say this morning, this book does not have to make sense to me, to my mind that is fallen in sin and that is finite in its ability to understand and to comprehend. I have a God who can and my faith is in Him and this is simply the instruction, the instruction that I can follow, not having faith in a plan but having faith in the person or the God of heaven. It involved dedication. They had to finish the seventh time. Don't quit on God. Don't, don't be like the person that said, I tried church and it didn't work. Church is not something you try. A church is something you do for the rest of your life. I tried walking with God and it didn't work. That's not the way it works. You don't try it. You just do it until Jesus comes. Victory comes. Victory comes. Victory comes as we are determined and as we are dedicated. But that's not all. I want you to notice in verse number 21. We will read this verse. The Bible says in verse number 21. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. Now what does that represent? That represents the fact not only do I want to break down the stronghold, I want to break every tie that took me to that stronghold. 
I don't want to have a compromise. So often we want to pick and choose what we like in life, what we want to keep. We want to keep every sin that doesn't hurt us right now and get rid of every sin that's hurting us right now. What we need to do is obey the scripture and cut ties to the things that take us to that stronghold. There had to be death. He said, I do not want the people of Jericho uh, to live and then later come and tempt you and to become another stronghold in your life. It involved death. So let me ask you this morning. Is there a stronghold in your life? First thing we must do is have a confrontation. But my prayer is not, Lord, are you for me or are you for them? It's not two men saying, Lord, we're in a disagreement. Are you on my side or his side? It's not a husband and wife saying, God, are you on my side or are you on my wife's side? It's not two co-workers saying, God, are you on my side or are you on my co-worker's side? God's answer when you ask him that question is always this, no. I'm not on your side and I'm not on their side. I am the side of right. Well, let's not spend our time trying to get me to come to your side. Let's spend our time yielding and us getting on God's side. And with him, we can have victory over every stronghold that stands between us and the perfect will of God and all the blessings that it has. Stand with me, if you will. Thank you for listening so well this morning. And I pray that this illustration of seeing the city and, and Joshua and Jericho and the captain and the Lord of hosts will help us to understand that this is not just a, this, this is not a play. This is not, no, this is real life. This is what the Bible says to do. And if you read again 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you'll find the same exact instruction as before in Joshua 5 and 6. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. And I pray that today you would help us, Lord, not to try to convince you to be on our side, but we would yield to your will and your way of righteousness. Lord, help us just desire to desire to do what's right to do. And I pray that you'd help us to hear that answer in a resounding way. No, I'm not on your side or the enemy's side. I'm on my side, the side of right. I pray that decisions that should be made would be made. There are folks here today that perhaps need to trust you as Savior. I pray that they would do that. Folks who have been saved and to follow you in believer's baptism, I pray that they'll keep that commitment to you this morning. And then, Lord, help us that we would use the altar as you've spoken to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.